You're entering the Side Mission Podcast. Three friends that love gaming and love experiencing original content and old school classics give their thoughts on the latest releases and newest topics in the gaming industry. Power up and let's get started. Welcome in everyone to the newest episode of Side Mission. I, like always, am your host, Rusty Ellis, joined by the boys, Kyle Lynch and Matt Beck. And today we're talking about Outriders, the uh, latest game to come to Game Pass. And, well, I don't know if this is going to be a fun episode. I don't know if this is going to be an enjoyable episode necessarily for us. We're here to be honest, though. And to be honest, Outriders has been hit or miss. And I think all three of us are in agreement on that. So, Kyle, we'll start with you. Your first impressions of Outriders. What have you thought about this latest game from Game Pass? It's kind of a mashup between Destiny-style gameplay and Gears of War-style gameplay. It's a cover shooter, third person. Uh, what have been some of your thoughts about the game? Uh, I just want to. I just want to say I don't dislike this game, but I wasn't impressed by this game. First impressions are always, you know. They're the most important thing when it comes to just about anything, and it especially is important in games because the first the first hour of the game needs to get you hooked because if you're not enjoying the game within the first hour, chances are you're probably going to put it down and not pick it back up again. I feel like, personally, this game is nothing that we haven't seen before. Like you said, a lot of it is, you know, aspired from Destiny and from Gears of War, which I played those games. I enjoyed them. I do enjoy this game. I will say the the gunplay is very tight. The movement isn't bad, except for the B button being the mantle button. Do not get me started. Um, <laughs> I think the only thing that really, like, it impressed me about this game was the story. I think the story is fantastic. But everything else is very just kind of meh. Like, this is a game that I would pick up and play just, you know, when I, ha when I don't really have a whole lot of other things to play and when I'm playing with friends. Because this just isn't, like, I mean, honestly, if you wanted this same kind of game, go play Gears of War 5. Gears of yeah. War 5 perfected this kind of, this kind of gameplay style. And though I, I'm not a big, you know, third-person cover shooter kind of guy, but... They are, they, you know, if the game is made right, then, you know, it'll be fun to me. And I think that I can, I could definitely get through this game, but I don't, I don't think it has replayability. I don't think that this is a game that I'll be picking back up and choosing a different class or a different path to go down and replaying the entire story over and over. Like, it's just very meh. And that's all I really have to say. I mean, I, 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 I don't hate it. I don't love it. No, I think you I think you bring up a good point in the sense that this this game is nothing special. You know, like there's just nothing about this game that really sets it apart from any cover shooter and especially in a genre where Gears of 5 Gears of War 5 exists, I feel like you'd be better off playing that, especially because there's a lot of sales for it. I'm pretty sure that could be on I'm pretty sure it's on Game Pass. Um I could be wrong there, but uh, there's just better options, and to be honest, I even think that Destiny 2, for example, I think the gameplay's better, and I think that's a better overall game, to be honest with you, and as much as, you know, Bungie has uh, been a part, and, you know, and Activision have been a part of this whole microtransaction wave because of the Destiny franchise, I still think I'd almost rather play that because it feels like a fully fleshed out game. This feels like a typical Game Pass title. It feels like a game that is fun to play for free. But there's absolutely no way in the world that I would pay $60 for this. And the fact that it's listed at $60, in my opinion, um, 
is 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 just a ripoff. And again, don't hate the game, don't dislike it. Even I just think that it's kind of bland. That's kind of the way I've said it. Is that again, like Kyle said, gunplay is tight. The story is interesting, but when you really take a look at this game under the micro microscope. It's just not doing a lot that we haven't seen. So, Matt, I'll go over to you next. What sticks out from this game to you? What sticks out as one of the bigger positives, and what's one of your biggest negatives from the game? We'll, we'll, we'll get a little bit of each side of the spectrum there. Well, you can definitely tell that this is a this is a slow month for games, considering we are covering this game. I, I wouldn't have even given this a second thought had it not been for not being on Game Pass. So that was a really great idea that they did, putting it on there to give it kind of the opportunity for people who weren't interested into it to give it a chance. And I will say that if you have game pass, like this is definitely a game that I would play. I would give it a download, give it a shot, see what you think of it. Uh, I really enjoyed the little bit of time that I had with it. I don't honestly know if I'm going to be getting back up into it and playing it like I have been for the past couple of days to just kind of prepare myself uh, to do this episode. But I will say that a lot of the positives I can, I can uh, say there is, the gameplay itself is fantastic. It's 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 not something we haven't seen done before. It is very compared to Gears of War, the, the entire series itself, Destiny with the, the loot system, which thankfully in this game, the loot system isn't exactly as like pushed like in your face like how Destiny had it. Uh, I mean, there is like, you know, different sets of gear going from helmets, chest plates, uh, gloves, shoes, uh, different types of weapons that, uh, you know, the more enemies you end up killing, uh, you finding chests, you find uh, stronger weapons. So you will find yourself constantly switching out your weapons, your gear, just like you did in Destiny. Uh, the cover uh, shooting system itself is actually very well done. Um, I can't say it's better than Gears of War because, you know, I mean, it's very hard to compare something to Gears of War, which kind of perfected the cover shooter genre, um, if you we can call it that. Uh, but going into it, again, I say the uh, sound design is really good. Like the guns, the, the way they sound is really good. Uh, some very excellent sound design in this game. Um now, one of my cons, I will actually say, is there are more cons than there are pro, uh, pros, positives in this game for me personally. I will say, do not go into this game dome not playing a multiplayer because this, uh, the way that the levels are designed, the way the throw enemies at you is, is very much so. You want to have, uh, I guess we can call it a fire team, since that's normally what the term is used in these types of games, because you will get your butt handed to you. I can't tell you how many times that I have had to start over a specific area because it's kind of like how in Destiny, once you reach a specific area and on the map, you kind of get this, uh, you know, if you die here, you completely start over. And it's very difficult, especially when they're just throwing ways of enemies. They just don't stop coming. Um, they you just sort of like, okay, when am I going to access, like get further into this map? And then, you know, they kind of throw you a mini boss. And that mini boss has like, again, another complaint here are bullet sponge enemies, which is something I will always complain about in these type of games because nobody wants to shoot the same enemy for 10 minutes. Like, I swear to God, this enemy that I had encountered, he had a kind of a turret gun armored uh, kind of mini boss. He himself, it took me 10 minutes to take them out because again they keep throwing little mini uh, enemies at you and it's just taking your attention off of the mini boss but i mean i do say going into this game do it with friends um 
because you'll have a much better time, I feel like, if you do have a team to go into this game with, because uh, you're not going to have a lot of fun playing it by yourself. So, Matt, I noticed you talked about uh, how this game is a fire team style uh, uh, multiplayer co-op, and I've noticed an increased, um, I would say, fire team mechanics since Destiny. How do you guys feel about games doing that, moving from you know, having four-man teams traditionally, because I feel like in most games, going all the way back to, like, the Atari, you know, games were made, you know, the, the little four-player box split-screen, or when games moved to online in the 360 and, you know, the, the PS, PS3 era, four-player online became a big thing, and I've noticed a big trend with them moving to three-player fire teams. Do you guys feel like that works better or worse for games like this? I think it depends. I think it depends. Okay. I think because a game like this, I feel like a three-person fire team actually works really well. I think that you don't really need four. I feel like four would almost be overkill. Um, you know, we talk about it. If you want something to compare to, um, let's talk about Call of Duty Zombies, for example. Um, in Call of Duty Zombies, you have maps that are great solo, great with two people, and then great with four people. You've never really had a map that I could look at that would say, oh, that is a three-person map all the way. So three is a very odd number in that sense, that not a lot of games have really been built around three players. A lot of times it is four. Um, but I really actually think that three fits very well here. I mean, I'm, in I'm interested to hear what Matt has to say, and I'll let him go ahead and take it from here. Um, but I think that it's just case by case, and it kind of depends on the game you're playing. Yeah, I'm actually going to uh, agree with Rusty when it comes to this sort of uh, kind of team-up uh, game, like with the numbers. I feel like a lot of games do benefit from having, you know, three or four different, uh, you know, teammates to have. Like with Call of Duty Zombies, I haven't played it as much of that as you two have, so I can't comment too much on that. But I do know that, you know, when we are playing, we typically have about three people. So, I mean, I can see how, you know, it benefits, but I can also see how it doesn't benefit. Um, especially with the way I play. Um, but something like Destiny, if I remember correctly, is a four-fire team. And I feel like a more open-world kind of section, such as like you see in Destiny and Destiny 2, uh, I think a four-member uh, fire team benefits it a lot more. As well as like another example is uh, not so much in the shooter genre, but with uh, Sea of Thieves, you know, you have a crew, and I think the max crew, you have about four people, and you definitely want to have four people when I'm playing a game like that. So I feel like, again, it just varies. I feel like more kind of corridor, linear, uh, smaller maps benefit off of having smaller numbers, whereas more open-world type games, such as uh, Destiny and Sea of Thieves, benefit more from having uh, more members in a team. Kyle, what do you think? In games like this, for sure, definitely the three-man team, because... I feel like if it were four people, it might be a little bit too easy, too, because like Matt was saying, the game is not very easy playing solo. So I feel like they may have found, you know, a good balance of how many people versus how many AI enemies, because if you've got four people and they're all good at the game, they're just going to mow down every enemy that comes to them and the game's going to be really easy. And when there's no challenge, games typically aren't as fast. at least for me i like a little bit of a challenge you know because if i'm just walking through the entire game and i can play it with my eyes closed then you know it, it it doesn't really impress me that much but 
you know, the, the feeling of accomplishment when you do spend 10 minutes on a boss and you finally beat him, it's, it's so nice to, you know, uh, uh, have that, that overwhelming sense of, you know, we did this as a team. And I definitely think this game personally benefits from it. I feel like games like Apex Legends, for example, I remember when that game first came out, I, I actually disliked it solely because it was a three-man team. In a Battle Royale game, it was a three-man team only. And I dislike that because, like you said, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a, a Battle Royale, so it's a big open-world map, and it just didn't make sense why you would only do three-man teams. You know, and, and in, in the Destiny Strikes, they did the three-man teams. And I, I, was, I had mixed-match feelings on it. I think that some of it was a little bit of... Uh, enemy balancing because there were moments in destiny and destiny 2 where i felt like i was shooting at that boss for 10 weeks apiece <laughs> it was just it took forever but yeah i i would say that it i i i have i have a love-hate relationship with it because we do generally play a lot of games together and we are a three-man team however with some games i feel like there should be that option to have a fourth member in case we have an extra friend on or another person who wants to play this game with us. Because sometimes, you know, if you're a, you know, if you're a, if you're a big gamer, you usually got, you know, your, your four man team that you play a lot of games with. And I feel like when this game came out, if there were a bunch of people who were hyped for this, there's one guy who's going to get left out. And you know, that kind of sucks. But for, for us, we've only got three people. So <laughs> thankfully that works. But yeah, I, I don't know, I'd say I have a, a love-hate relationship with it, for sure. I think where this game kind of falls apart for me, if I'm just being honest, is kind of on a technical aspect. Uh, you know, we talked about it We talked about it a couple of nights ago at this point, that ultimately the game runs at a very smooth 60 frames, which is good. That's It's, it's good. It takes advantage of that SSD that the Series S, Series X, and PS5 have in the sense that the load times are minimal. Um, but there are a couple things that really stick out. For one, while character models and, and, and you know gear that you're wearing, while it looks good and it's detailed, environments are not. Environments are very bland. And I think that's a problem in a game like this. Because in a game like this, like if you look at Destiny, again, we keep comparing it to Destiny for a reason. Even the first one, think about when you went to the moon for the first time. Think about when you went to the moon and you saw the earth you know, in the sky. And then you go and do part of the mission, and then you turn around and look back up at the Earth, and it would have, you know, it would have rotated because it's, you know, it's rotating. So it's it's details like that that really stick out for me. So when this game or a game like this kind of has as little life as it does in the environment, I'm not a fan of that. It it doesn't help also that you just look at little things like when you walk through grass, especially after how games like Ghost of Tsushima and Last of Us Part Two on last gen hardware, mind you with how good their mechanics were and how life full of life everything felt in the environment, this just feels like a step backwards almost. And the last thing I really want to kind of clown on this game technically for is the insertion of load screens when you go through a door and leave an area because it literally it fades in, shows you leaving, fades out two seconds later, and then you load up you know, right outside the door. At that point, why not just have an animation to where the door opens, you walk out it, and you continue on your way without a loading screen? It just seems kind of extra. That's like, as the kids love to say nowadays, I say as a 25-year-old, um, it just, it felt really extra for no reason, and it just, it kind of, it kind of messes with that pacing a little bit. It breaks all immersion. 
Um, what did y'all think about the game as far as technical, a technical standpoint? What stuck out to y'all about this game? Um, if we're talking technical standpoint, uh, I'm going to say the game crashes a lot. Uh, just last night, I was having some issues. Excuse me, some issues with uh, every time that I went into the uh, the menu, it took like four or six seconds of just a black screen. Um, I also noticed that it was causing my uh, my operating system on the Xbox to go really slow, and I actually had to turn off the uh, console itself. So this is definitely something that they can fix with future patches. So I'm not too stressed out about it, but it does kind of bring down the experience right now, especially when I'm just trying to uh, in a game like this where you have to constantly go into the menu to level up, swap out gear that I shouldn't have to be looking at a black screen for about 15 seconds until the game decides to want to start again. That that definitely makes sense. It's a it's very frustrating when your game crashes constantly. I I fortunately haven't had those issues. However, I do have to agree with Rusty. This game feels very very dead. Like if you if you walk up and you look at the textures of plants, of trees, of walls and stuff, it it doesn't look great. Like it just doesn't make sense because when when you when, you know when you're watching the preloaded cutscenes, yeah, they look pretty good. And when you're actually in-game, that was the first thing I noticed was that my character model looked so detailed and crisp on this nice, you know, 4K console. And then I looked at everything else, and it looked like it was a PS3 game. Because the environments are just not good. They, they look so bad. Like, I'm sorry, I'm really not trying to just hate on this game, but I cannot get over that. They really do look just so bad. And that's a big thing for a game like this, because part of the story is about how you're on a whole different planet and, you know, you're going to want to explore this new environment. You're going to want to explore everything around in the game and every mission. And when all of it pretty much just looks the same and all of the textures are just like three different shades of green, it's not really that impressive and it doesn't make you excited to really explore. I, I, I love to look around for all the secret areas, all the hidden items, everything you can find in the game. And this game just didn't, it didn't feel like that for me. I just wanted, I just wanted to beat the level and get it over with so I could stop looking at those ugly green trees and bushes. But other than that, I, I would definitely say that, you know, if you're, if you're also experiencing crashing, that's a, that's a big issue, you know, with a brand new game like this, I feel like, when you have games that are consistently crashing, we saw this with, you know, I can't remember how many games last year. It's 2021, and we should not be having these issues. We really shouldn't. Look at the systems we're on. Look at the hardware we have. We should not be having issues where a brand new game is crashing because you're trying to go into the menu. That's a big negative, especially when, like Matt mentioned, you have to go into the menu to level up. That's a very, that's a very big part of the game. And when you get to a certain mission and every time you open the menu, your game crashes, that basically makes the game unplayable. Because how are you supposed to advance if you can't level up, if you can't, you know, put more skills on your skill tree or whatever? It, it just doesn't make sense. And I think that I think that's a that's a big negative for for this game, for sure. So my next question is this. What, in y'all's opinion, does this mean for the future of Game Pass games? Because, ultimately, I feel like this could have been a game 
that sold a lot of people on Game Pass. And and to be fair to Game Pass, Game Pass is a phenomenal system, right? It's it's a great system that has allowed people that are Xbox fans first to continue buying an Xbox, the new, you know, whether it's a Series X or Series S, uh, and not worry about the fact that there's not really very many first party, you know, launch titles. In fact, by not very many, I mean not at all. Um, looking at you, Halo Infinite. Um, but the thing is, I feel like games like this, and I'll even talk about another game that we talked about a few weeks ago or a few months ago at this point in the medium. Games like these, I feel like, should be able to sell somebody on Game Pass, but neither one of them have really done that. They've both kind of been lesser versions of games that already exist. Uh, And I think that that's a problem in terms of what we should expect from Game Pass because the problem we have is that Game Pass is a great way to experience you know, indie titles, it's a great way to experience games like theoretically Outriders and like theoretically the medium without having to pay for them outside of the subscription service that you pay for. So my question is, what do we think this does for the future of Game Pass if we continue to get games like this that do have these issues and don't really do anything new? Matt, we'll start with you. I think that Game Pass is an all great opportunity for new IPs because Outriders and, as you mentioned with the medium, they are all new IPs. And because it's kind of risky these days to release broken games and sell them for a full price of 60 to $70. Um, the kind of technical issues that we run to the games aren't anything that cannot be fixed through software updates or, excuse me, firmware updates. But uh, them being on Game Pass still just gives them the opportunity to be discovered and to get that kind of attention. And I think that with Game Pass, that new IPs are you know going to be the strongest things to push Game Pass, as you mentioned before, as well as Microsoft releasing first-party titles day one on there. Um, but I feel like a game like this would not have gotten the kind of attention that it got, other than from you know being uh, up there. Uh, amongst the highest being number of streamed games right now, because I believe it was like trending on Twitch on its release day. And I know people were talking about beforehand. I absolutely didn't know anything about it until one day I turned on my Xbox and, you know, I saw it on there and then I checked it out because I was like, you know, we need games to cover for this month because, I mean, there's not really many games uh, coming out this month for us to cover. So I feel like uh, this game being on Game Pass gave us kind of the opportunity to give it a chance that we normally wouldn't have. So for the future of Game Pass, I want to see new IPs, new ideas uh, put into these games. And, you know, hopefully we won't have many uh, games releasing that are buggy, but are, you know, they they, they play well. They don't crash because this game is not doing it for me, unfortunately. And it's very much deterred me away from wanting to complete it. Yeah, I would say with Game Pass games, uh, earlier I mentioned that this game didn't really impress me. And, you know, a a game that did impress me was Cyberpunk, because it was impressive how bad it was. And... (laughs) (laughs) Curveball! That's something that I don't want to see to Game Pass, because... Game Pass has a lot of really, really good games on there. Like when Microsoft purchased Bethesda and all those other companies. Dude, look at how many games are on Game Pass now. How many big AAA games are on there now? And I think that that's a good start because Game Pass was starting to lack for a while. Because I'm going to be honest, I've had Game Pass pretty much since it started. 
And every year there's a few games that come, you know, now and then. Like Gears of War 5 was a big one because instead of paying for it, you got it for free. Brand new, and it's a big – I mean, Gears of War is one of Xbox's biggest games. They released it for free. So I got to play it. And I feel like a lot of people who, you know, hadn't had a chance to get into Gears of War – got to play them when they put every single Gears of War on Game Pass. But here's the problem. If you're a Gears fan, you've probably already played all those games, and if you're not, you're probably just going to play the new one. So while, yes, it's great that they have all these games on there, it's starting to run dry because, like, we've already played these games. It's cool. It was cool to go back and play, you know, some of the older Fallouts. But that was it. Like it, it was just a, it was just a something to pass the time, really. Because I want to see new games coming. I want to see games like Halo Infinite coming to Game Pass. They said that's going to be a day one on Game Pass. I want to see more than just Halo game. I want to see more than you know one game a year on Game Pass. Because other than Outriders and Halo Infinite, like I can't think of anything that's coming to Game Pass that makes me say more people should buy Game Pass because of this. And that's a problem because I can think of um you know a bunch of games that I can tell you as a reason to buy a Nintendo Switch or as a reason to buy a PlayStation or even you know an Xbox. But if I'm like, "Hey, you should sign up for the subscription service." and they ask, "Oh, what games are on there?" and I got one or two games, chances are nobody's going to want to sign up for their subscription service. And if you continue to only drop one or two really good games a year on Game Pass, I feel like it's going to start going downhill. And I feel like this might be the beginning of, you know, us seeing that, us seeing them, you know, Game Pass dropping off and not being as popular as it has been these past few years because of, you know, I I feel like, Rusty, you really put it, uh, you put it best. They cut corners in this game, and if they continue to cut corners in games like this, Game Pass is going to get cut out, because I don't want to pay for a subscription service where you're giving me half-baked games. I agree. I think that this is an important game to remember, at least for now. This is an important time in gaming to remember. Is Remember the year when this and the medium came out. Remember the time when it came out, because I think these are two games that could have been special, and they weren't. They just ultimately weren't, and I'm with you in the sense that if a ga- if companies are going to continue to cut corners, if they're going to continue to put out half-baked titles, I'm not going to keep supporting Game Pass. It's that simple. I-, I don't think there's any other thing that really needs to be said. But on that note, that is going to do it for this episode of Side Mission. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at Side Mission Pod and our YouTube channel, Side Mission Podcast. For the boys, Kyle Lynch and Matt Beck, I'm Rusty Ellis. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Side Mission Podcast. Keep up with new episodes and download your favorites in the Hints and Oakley Podcast Center.